0: Says who is brought to you by you. That's right, you, the listener right now. By giving us some of your dollar money, or any kind of money, we turn that into audio product and friendship. You can contribute at patreon.com/slash says who and For as little as a dollar or two a month, you become part of our town of Cezhoovia. For $5, you get all kinds of bonus shits that you can fill your ears with and drown out the sound of your own heartbeat that thrums in your ears as you sit and read the news. We love you. Join Cezhoovia. Kiss, kiss.
1: Man, that was Mm -hmm. classy.
0: It was classy. That was a real classy ad. That's what I'm telling you. I'm
2: good at this. I'm good at ads. Very,
0: very. Hey, everyone.
1: Speaking of ads, this is Dan, and I wanted you to invite. I wanted you to invite. I wanted to invite you. I'm also very good at ads. This is going. Yeah, I'm really great. It's going good. I wanted to invite you to listen to my other podcast, The Hitch, at thehitchpodcast.com. It is a travelogue of adventures throughout the American Southwest and West. We are up to week eight, which dropped this Monday. You can catch up, you can listen, you can follow along, you can travel with us at the hitchpodcast.com.
0: Hi there. It's Maureen Johnson, your friend the author. Hey look, I've told you about the vanishing, I've told you about Truly Devious and the Vanishing Stare. The third book in the trilogy is coming. The conclusion of everything. All of the answers. Everything. Every last stinking thing gets wrapped up in this book. It's called The Hand on the Wall. And I will have pre-order information really soon. There will be a, a pre-order campaign where you can get a signed book and a gift. Support some uh, local bookstores. That's We're setting that up now. Info coming soon. I And in the meantime, if you want to get a Truly Devious or hide one, or throw one out your car window, surprise a friend, surprise a neighbor, definitely surprise a stranger. Just slap it into your window at random times at, at people passing by and point at it, and go look at this book. Whatever you want to do, it's it's all very helpful. And I love you, kiss kiss. It's my new sign off.
1: That's a. That's
0: it's my something. new sign off. It's my new sign off.
1: Once people... felt good. Two times felt a little. uh oh, it feels like you're reaching.
2: Kiss kiss. Oh boy. Hmm.
1: Uh what are we going to do for the intro? That good,
0: uh, huh? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the intro. Ah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's one of those weeks.
0: Yep. Sure as shit is.
1: Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a
0: podcast. I'm Maureen Johnson.
1: And I am Dan Sinker. Maureen, I wrote you yesterday to say, hey, uh, what if we do 10 a.m. my time, which is mountain time, which is 5 p.m. your time in England? And you responded by saying, I'm back in New York. When the hell did that happen?
0: Saturday night, Dan.
1: Man. Man.
0: Air travel. Who knew? Dan, I'm going to reach over. You're going to hear me get myself a cold one. When I say Whoa. a cold one, it's a water. It's a water, Dan. It's early. Hold on. It's early I'm record- morning. I'm recording from the... Hold on. I got to stretch. Hold on. I'm not. I'm going to try not to knock the computer over. Oh, God. I got it. I did it. I'm in the kitchen, Dan. Oh, shit. Oh, Dan. 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 Now what? Dan. I've been going to physical therapy because I have a a nerve adhesion in my left arm, so I can't really lift it. And I constantly do stuff that makes it act up, and then I just start swearing out loud like that. Oof. Yeah, it's just a thing.
1: Just reaching for a soda triggers it.
0: It's not a soda, Dan. It's it's water.
1: Oh, it was in a can.
0: Well, yeah, I have to. Unfortunately, I did reach for a canned water because the fridge is too far. See, I'm in the kitchen with the puppy, Dan. Oh, boy. Uh, this I've got go it worked well. out. No, I've got it worked out this time, Dan. I'm sitting up at a high table, and she's down on her. she's got her mat. She's got a new stinky stick. She's doing great.
1: All right, That should be a good five minutes. Dan. Let me ask you a question. Oh, you're back no. from England. Yeah, you're in the kitchen with your puppy. Sure, am'. Are you also in the kitchen with your ringworm?
0: Thanks for asking, Dan. Um, my ringworm is doing a lot better. Uh, everybody uh, was very supportive and excited about my ringworm, and I'm glad to provide ringworm update. Um, what I also didn't tell you is that I developed ringworm in a town called Ringwood. So you know what? No. Oh. On brand.
1: Are you now the mayor of Ringwood? Is that I how it would works? Like,
0: I'd like to be the spokesperson for If you wake for, up with a ringworm, circular
1: mark on your arm. Then I had become, two of them, two of them. Whoa, there you go. Double, you are the yeah. mayor of Ringwood.
0: You know, Dan, I went to the Boots chemist in uh, in England, which is the big like CVS pharmacy. Yeah, and um, you go in and you ask for the thing behind the counter, and then they ask you a lot of questions because they won't just sell it to you. They want to know that they're selling you the right thing, that you know that that it's the proper product. And so the first day, I thought I had a bug bite, and I said, "Can I have Benadryl?" And they said nope and i said no and they said no because apparently that i've taken benadryl for bug bites before but they said it was the wrong thing so they said no but i went in the second day and the woman behind the counter was training and she's like hi i'm gonna have to ask you a shit ton of questions because i'm training (laughs) and i was like awesome and i was like well guess what i have ringworm and she's like ringworm you say she's like that's great i'll get the pharmacist And they all had a wonderful conversation about how cool it was <laughs> that i had ringworm and they went and got a tube of ringworm be gone and they brought it over to me and in the end as i'm nervously paying for it because much wonderful fanfare and happiness was made of my ringworm i leaned over and said i got it from a horse which turns out is weird um Like, it doesn't make it seem better. I didn't know what I thought it would seem like. It'd be cooler if I caught it from a horse. But it just seems, if you lean over and say you got an infection from a horse, as you're paying for something, it just makes you seem real creepy. Um, And she just (laughs) smiled nervously. And I was like, I'll just take my weird ringworm cream and be gone. So I left. But I got a lot of uh, support from the Says Who online community, including one person that said, as a farm girl, I got really nervous because I knew where it was going. So... Mm -hmm.
1: Well, Maureen, you know what I did on Sunday? I hung out with a horse.
0: Oh, how you feeling,
1: itchy? I don't think I have ringworm, though. I've been checking. Mm. I've been checking every day. It's only been a couple days. How long does it take to show up?
0: Between one day to six years. Oh,
1: that's a long long window. Okay, Mm. I'll I'll just stay vigilant.
0: I was really hugging the horse. Ringworm could become
1: the official the official skin disease of Says Who podcast.
2: Oh, it'd be great. It'd be, wonderful. be a good
1: sponsor. This episode of Says Who is brought to you by Ringworm.
0: Ringworm, it's kind of itchy and it looks weird. You sort of look like you have an alien infection or you've been burned by a weird kind of circular prod. Ringworm, it's kind of gross. But also a horse.
1: Ringworm, it's not a worm.
0: Yeah, it's not a worm. No. It, I felt just... a lot better once I found out it wasn't a worm to be honest no. with you.
1: Sure. Yeah, it's just like a fungus, right? If I remember yeah. right,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's just something you could pick up. It's, it's from not a horse. Worm. It's a
1: fungus ringworm.
0: I got it from a horse. That can be the extra tagline, <laughs> <laughs> but you have to whisper it, lean and whisper it. I got it from a horse.
1: Yeah, this was not a wild horse. This was a this was a farm horse who needed a bath. So he the, the horse got a bath. We got to hang out while the horse got hosed down.
0: Ah. I was, was hugging fun. the horse. I was doing everything. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't doing, doing that, everything. Yeah. I was just hugging the horse. It, don't ever say you're doing everything with a horse. Nothing <laughs> I'm saying is coming out right.
1: It's
0: all right.
1: Everyone understands. Do they? It's been a long week. Mm.
0: Yes, Dan, I flew back on Saturday. And I, because I'd had so much success with the internet on the way out, I got back on the internet on the way back and I logged in. Just as there was a mass shooting.
1: Mm, yeah, that was that was not the time to be on the internet.
0: No. And we got home, we went to bed, and because we we're not English time, we woke up at 4 30 in the morning and Oscar took the pup out. And I just kind of groggily picked up my phone and stared at it for a second. And he came back in and I was like, There's been a shooting. And he said, I know. I said, No, another one. So each time I'd picked up my gotten online that t- that day i just sort of would every time i came in there had just been a shooting
1: and that's when you realized you were no longer in england
0: i mean england is um things are well Dan, as i said in the last episode it was one of the hottest day if not the hottest day on record um yeah they are now careening seemingly towards no deal brexit
1: It does seem that way.
0: Now there is time and things can happen. But (laughs) I'm laughing a little bit. I mean, there is time and things can happen. They are under three months now. Oof. There's no,
1: we're under three months till Halloween. Mm -hmm. I haven't even started thinking about a costume yet.
0: Just barely though. Like we're at three months, basically. Let's, let's not overstate this. Like, yeah, it's just, we're edging towards about 3 months and um there's no real reason why the EU would ha- would change the terms of their deal so basically either they re- either the UK revokes article 50 and pulls out of this whole thing has another referendum general election all these kind of things that could happen either they pull back from this yeah. or they they careen into no deal seems to be the
1: is there Is there any will with which to pull back from it at this point? Is there a is there a actual like uh, group of people with whom that is they are attempting to make that happen? Because at least from here, it seems as if everything has simply everyone has thrown their arms up and are going toward their eventual doom.
0: Well, a good 50 percent of the population is. Trying to pull this back.
1: But th- are the people that that are actually in power and have some level of... Some of them. Some of them? All right.
0: There's definitely people that are trying to pull this back from the brink. But there's now a Boris Johnson government, and he filled his cabinet with some real doozies. <laughs> um, including a man named Jace, Jacob Rees-Mogg, who seems to have escaped from Hogwarts at some point And... <laughs> issued a weird style guideline, including that all single untitled men or just, sorry, just all untitled men must be addressed. Esquire things like that. He, Hmm. he definitely, if you've never, I can only really suggest that you Google Jacob Reese mogg and just watch a video or two. just, just if you want to see what a cartoon English person looks like, he is something (laughs) else. It is remarkable
1: to me, we've talked about this before, how much Boris Johnson has borrowed completely from Trump's playbook, down to appointing weird edgelord types into mm-hmm. the actual government.
0: Oh, he's, he's appointed some giant weirdos. A bunch of people kind of were out, and then he just put in a bunch of, of truly strange people. Including uh, someone that I believe was taking bribes from a foreign government.
1: <laughs> well, that again. So. Good. You got to If you're going to play by,
0: if you're going to play by the book, play by the book. So it is, um, it is, it is, it is, the pound crumbled a bit more when we were yeah. there. Um, yeah. No one knows.
1: <laughs> oh boy. Well, Just and now you're no back. Worries. You're back here in the United States so welcome back well everything's great here is it no it's not
0: well dan because i was gone i understand that there were some debates and i didn't see them
1: you did not see them they were on in the middle of your night and i kept tweeting at you in the hopes that you would respond
0: I did not. I was asleep. My ass you, was asleep, Dan.
1: You and your worms were sleeping.
0: So you have to completely recreate them for me.
1: <sighs> yep. They Maureen, they were real dumb. Mm. I have to say. Uh the You surprise me. I know. The first debates, I kind of walked out of that, out of them being like, well, you know what? I'm glad I watched those. You know, I got to see uh, a bunch of folks that I hadn't heard heard of, and I got to see you know folks that I had heard of. And they you know made some good salient points, and I I feel better having come from it. This night of debates, Maureen, I felt like crap by -hmm. the time it was done. By the time (laughs) night one was done, I felt like crap, and then there was still night two.
0: Take it me was, through it in take me through it in detail. I want to feel it all. So, I think the
1: main the main thing you need to know is that this essentially was how every question from the CNN moderators was worded. Okay. Governor McRandom, you believe that Bernie Sanders' healthcare initiative is terrible. How come? And then they would go, Bernie, do you want to respond? Or, you know, Mayor McCheese, (laughs) why do you think that Elizabeth Warren is fucking terrible? And then they would go, Elizabeth Warren, do you want to respond? It was every single question was a provocation Specifically, kind of oriented toward the people that are polling at nothing percent, in the hopes that they would pick a fight with the people that were polling at you know fifteen percent or whatever. This sounds,
0: it, this sounds like bad family therapy. It yes,
1: exactly. It was it was awful. Like it was like legitimately terrible. And then you just had you had just like. Comical things like Pete Buttigieg, every answer he had to somehow reference how young he was. So mm-hmm. it became sort of a game to figure out how he could um, how he could work it in. A lot of things like, well, they've been working on this legislation since I was in high school. Um, things like that. Um,
0: yeah, was everyone it, had. Was it like a word problem to figure out what year he was born?
1: sort of sure. You could probably have reverse engineered for many of his answers to figure out exactly his age. Um, Yeah, it was, everyone had sort of a, a line and a gimmick that they were trying to, to get over. Right. Um, CNN was actively trying to create disagreements, even when the disagreements were just so fucking boring, you know, like, uh, provoking a fight between Harris and Biden over, like, marginal differences between their two toast healthcare plans. Um, it just... I came out of that debate just feeling like... I felt worse about pretty much everyone. Hmm. So, in other words... I'm glad you didn't stay up for them.
0: Aw, oh, thanks, Dan.
1: But also, excitingly, Maureen, there are more coming soon,
0: September twelfth. Come on. Stop it.
1: Well, the a lot of the a lot of the Delaney's and Bennett's and Hickenloopers.
0: Those are aren't real be, people.
1: They are. Believe it or not, they are. Uh, they will not be at the September 12th debate because I believe they will not qualify. There are s- more stringent rules this time around. You've got to have 130,000 unique donors, and you've got to poll at at least 2% in four polls. So as of now, there are only seven people that have qualified, though it, you know, it will probably roll up to
0: about 10
1: come September 12th.
0: Um, who... Uh... Who are they
1: so far? These are the folks that have have qualified Joe Biden, Cory Booker, Mayor Pete, Kamala Harris, Amy Klobuchar, uh, Beto, Bernie, and Elizabeth Warren. I hear something I like in there. <laughs> oh, Amy Carter's shoe.
2: Hi, Dan. How are you?
1: Uh, I'm okay. I am, uh, I'm discussing how much I didn't like the debates, but we've got another round coming and your guy and his yeah. balls are still in it.
2: That's right, I haven't I haven't watched the last two debates yet. I'm keeping them in this bank bank. <laughs> oh no! That's right. <laughs> oh no! Saving it up.
1: Oh when it, wh- keeping
2: that as a deposit for the future. <laughs> oh
1: Do I even wanna know when you'll tap into them?
2: Ah oh, you'll know. You'll know.
1: Uh, I will know, won't I? Oh
2: yeah, you'll know. Mama like she like a lot. Hey, he was looking fine. He's my foxy guy. <laughs> oh no. I don't
1: I don't want to live in this world.
2: You can sniff this shoe anytime, uh, Joe. Oh,
1: oh, oh, oh no.
2: Mama like
1: uh, oh. one
2: size fits all, you know what I'm saying, Joe? <laughs> oh god. Oh god. Oh, oh. oh god. I got laces, but I can make it Velcro if it's easier for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real slip on You know what I'm saying <laughs> Oh god oh, Make it stop And you don't even need to wear socks uh, Oh no You don't need to wear socks Just put your stinky old man foot Right in here Yeah I'm ready for <sighs> you Joe Oh now That bitch Marianne better Stay away from my man <laughs> I see her even looking at him. I'll take her out. Oh,
0: I, I don't think Amy likes Marianne.
1: No, I mean, she's not wrong.
2: Bitch, try to steal my man.
1: No, that's not really the reason. Ah! Ah!
2: What well, goodbye? Oh,
0: she's gone.
1: Oh, whoa, man, right uh, like that. Just At
0: least she didn't say anything creepy or gross this time.
1: Hmm. I think that um, we might have different definitions of what creepy and gross mean.
0: Isn't it just nice that someone still has such enthusiasm for this? It's, uh, yeah, it is infectious. Her
1: enthusiasm mm. is infectious. Mm,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, a probably lot of other a, things, things are infectious. About her. Yeah, yeah, it's a
0: lot of infectious parts of her. Never it's had ringworm, though. Well, I mean, worm.
1: probably other funguses.
0: Mm, mm. Well, well, she's a she's in a
1: shoe and all. She's
0: a shoe, Right. Same yeah. treatment, actually. Same treatment.
1: Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Athlete's foot and ringworm?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Same fungus?
0: Well, same treatment, at least. Okay. I don't know if it's the same fungus, but it's the same treatment.
1: Yeah, Maureen, they were real dumb. They were real mm. dumb. It was, you know, night one was sort of uh, everyone being baited to bang on Bernie and Elizabeth Baited to Warren. bang? Oh, ah, Sounds
2: good. Uh
1: Uh, To their credit, they did not take the bait and they did not attack each other, which was uh, clearly a decision that they had made early on because there were multiple moments that they were asked to and they they would divert uh, from there. And night two was basically everyone. Oh, man, how do I say this? That won't provoke the shoe. (laughs) Everyone attacking joe biden
2: what
1: i know uh and then then the flip he had memorized a bunch of stats about at least the front runners that then he was able to throw out and try to try to get people on the defensive
2: that's my Um, man oh boy
1: but yeah maureen she she does she's a she's uh, she's, she's made her choice she really has
0: and you know what um, More, she's made her choice but she's really you don't really want to go up against her when she's made a choice
1: it seems that way mm. you know I don't really want to I don't really want to go up against her period
0: mm. it's not a it's not, know not a what I'm saying it's not a it's not a a decision that would you would thrive making
1: no no
0: it's not a good no. idea
1: No. But yeah, debates, Maureen. You did not miss much, is really what I'm trying to say.
0: Well, I mean, I feel like you really just brought it alive for me.
1: Did I? Because I feel like I want to crawl under this table and just kind of go fetal now.
0: Mm, That came across, and that's what brought it alive for me.
1: (laughs) Perfect. Good. Good. As I was talking, I realized that, boy, uh, the last week of news has been a real
0: kick in the nuts.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was just sort of like, oh boy. I could just feel it. I could just feel it weighing on me as I went.
0: Yeah, it hasn't been great, has it?
1: No. No. It really <sighs> Yeah, I had a similar experience to you where uh Yeah, Saturday it was, you know, all 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 el paso mass shooting and then woke up uh early on sunday morning and was like wait why what is what there's wait another just this soon like i don't even know how that's possible yeah but i will tell you that this this past week, so we have, like, like I have said many times, we have been spending our summer on the road. And if you are uh, spending your summer on the road, especially uh, living out of an RV, one of the places that you can get both your groceries and RV specific supplies is a Walmart. And so I have spent a lot of time in Walmarts. And uh, just this past week, uh, we went to a Walmart. And, uh, in the soda aisle was a man walking around with a gun in his office, hanging off his belt.
0: Mm -hmm. Cause you need that. Sure. Why not? Sure. I mean, sure. Let's sure. Just sure.
1: I mean, and it's just one of those things where you're like, am I, am I going to actually continue to shop for Gatorade right now? Like when this dude is standing next to me armed.
0: And what was he doing?
1: He was shopping for some sort of uh diet drink.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Was it holstered?
1: It was holstered. It was like mm-hmm. a, but it was like a loose, a loose holster. It was just like a loop. Like mm-hmm. you could see both the top and the bottom of the gun sticking out. And there wasn't like a, there wasn't like a, any sort of
0: Case snapping a... mechanism. Right.
1: Yeah. Like it was, I you know, yeah. F- three feet away. What from, state was from this? This was in Colorado. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where open carry is legal and where Walmart allows for open carry, which is also true in Texas, you know, where I would guess there were a bunch of folk like that in in an El Paso Walmart uh, at at the moment that that this hit. Because the whole fucking idea that having armed people there will stop anything is not accurate.
0: Right. Right. You know, Dan, when I was in England... That one night where I was having dinner with my English family, and I sort of said to them at one point, I know you guys know that the American health system is messed up in a lot of ways, but I don't think you really know. And I was like, I'm just going to give you like the basics of just some instances of what happens. And this is like a giant web of, I'm only giving you a glimpse of a of a room with a thousand doors you know and many of these doors worse like i'm like for example i have a good insurance policy and yet when i had to like walk into the emergency room because i'd had a reaction to something and i was having an allergic reaction it's five hundred dollars to walk through
2: the door yeah
0: just like straight up and they're like what do you mean i was like i had to go to the er so it was five hundred dollars with insurance <laughs> And they were that's like, pretty what? good.
1: I believe mine is a thousand. That's
0: not great.
1: No, and that we also have good insurance.
0: I remember I had another one that was like two hundred, so I thought five hundred seemed like oh, a lot, wow. but um, but they were just like they d- just didn't understand, <laughs> and I yeah. was like, yeah, I'm like, that's if you're a, a a person with insurance, it still costs you a lot of money, where you really have to sit and think. Can I take care of this one on my own?
1: Right. Can I just go in in the morning, see my normal doctor for just a $20 copay or whatever?
0: Which is not to say that anyone should abuse the ER. It's just that as a non-medical professional, you're not qualified to figure out like if this is going to kill you or not.
1: Right. Totally. And that should never,
0: never, ever be a deciding factor in whether or not you seek emergency medical care ever. No. Ever. Ever. No. And then I'm like, and let's just say you get sick. Let's talk about what happens next because I'm like, a lot of your life is going to be devoted to the billing process. Yep. Like, a, not a, not an exaggeration. Like, you'll spend maybe a third of your time doing it sometimes. Just being yeah. on the phone, getting referrals, finding out why you were building correctly, checking it, double-tracking the referral, making sure that it's covered – like and then the, the paperwork comes and it makes no sense and you have to check it and there's something wrong and you have to call 15 people and they don't have the system and the computer isn't working that day. And nobody knows why you were billed and it won't have to do again, but then it immediately happens again. And then you get a notice saying that there's the sheriffs are going to come to your door. Like I, that's all I went through all that. And yeah, y- you've certainly had someone in your family with cancer, which I am sure that means that you just spend, have an entire room de- to to paperwork.
1: Yeah. We have a, like a, like a, a pile of of bills and paperwork that is the height of a of an oldie time phone book
2: yep
0: yep and you keep it and you go through it and um i've heard people say that you know when they get cancer the one of the first things they get somebody gives them is like a, a large springform binder to start <laughs> keeping all of their stuff in <clears throat> yeah like, we you,
1: never went that route but we have you know a uh, Big Manila envelope that has everything piled up, and certainly having a having a like a trapper keeper style binder with dividers and things like that probably actually would have been the better, the better route at jump. But you know, once you have not made that decision, you are quickly inundated into a pile that you then just are you are swimming in for the rest of it.
0: Like for example, it used to be a thing that once you were in the hospital to have surgery that was pre-approved. Sometimes they would send you a bill for your anesthesia because it was not in network. Right. And you would say, how could I possibly have not in network anesthesia in an in network hospital where I was getting in network surgery, which is apparently a loophole. The law was only is only closing up now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean that can still be true. There, you know, ProPublica has done an incredible amount of work looking into uh, billings and things like that, where you can go into, uh, especially in ERs, where. Uh, you know, it is an emergency and the doctors that are there are the doctors that are going to work on you and you can occasionally have a doctor. The doctor on call that night doesn't actually accept your insurance, even though the hospital does, even though everyone else does. And suddenly you are, you know, stuck with a with a fifteen thousand dollar bill, which you like there's no shopping around for that. There is no fucking being like, well, let me just double check. Okay, everyone in the operating room right now. What insurance do you take?
0: Or a decision that you can't make because you've literally been rendered unconscious. Yeah. By anesthesia.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, you know, that once I kind of and then I'm like, then we'll we'll start getting into the medications. And people rationing medicine and people deciding that they will and won't take their medicine because they may or may not be able to afford it. Yeah. Now we'll get into that. And I'm like, one of the great things about my career is that I've been lucky enough to be able to afford to get sick. Right. That was the great miracle that I was like, I got sick and I, I survived the affording it.
1: Right. That's unbelievable.
0: Yeah. And they're like, Oh, like I saw it slowly as I went on for about an hour, like the faces fall and go, Oh, we just thought it was like you had to have insurance. And I was like, no, it's, it's, that is, it's like you've only passed through the gates of Disneyland. You haven't seen the wonders there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and that was certainly a, a large focus of the debates was around health care. But the entirety of the argument boiled down to, you don't want to take the insurance away from people that love their insurance, do you? And give them a a government plan instead. And then, you know, someone would say, oh, well, I don't want, you know, if you love your insurance, I want you to have your insurance. And it's like, okay, first off, who fucking loves their insurance? Second off, you might love your insurance. It might be great where you work might change their plan next year and you don't have a fucking choice, you know. So this idea that somehow you can love your insurance and it will just remain forever and thusly we shouldn't change a fucking thing because you are the mythical one person that has amazing insurance that your employer is fully paying for and that employer will never change it never go out of business and you will never lose your job
0: they change it all the time
1: all All the time the
0: fucking time you're always Uh, like oh here's the new folder full of weird new rules you have to memorize
1: yeah you know i I had for you know five years or whatever, I had a real good job with real, real good insurance, like Silicon Valley level insurance. and the it changed every single year. It was still always good, but mm-hmm. the plan fucking changed every year. And every year we had to relearn how to explain it to our doctors of what it was and how why it actually is included and blah, blah blah, blah blah. and um,
0: and also yeah, it's, and also... that was for the
1: real good insurance.
0: The, it, say your company doesn't change it. The plans, the companies that provide the insurance, change their shit all the time. And be like, we're yeah. now running Liberty Gold plan or blah blah. Like yeah. they rebrand it, they change the rules around, they create new tiers. Or your or your your doctor may give up on some insane insurance program and finally say, look, I'm really sorry, I just can't take this insurance anymore yeah. because it takes me takes my office 15 hours of paperwork every single time. Right. And I literally cannot sustain this. And that's what happened with my doctor. So then because he couldn't take the one insurance anymore because it was such a nightmare to deal with, I then had to change my insurance to continue seeing my doctor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this this past year – um, You know, I left my job a year ago and we have been on the uh, Obamacare exchange plan since. And, you know, we have a good we have a good plan. We pay a bunch of money for it, but we have a good plan. Uh, but the main reason we have that plan is because the health system that we were in that was dealing with with Janice's cancer accepted one plan. Mm-hmm. So that was the plan we bought. You know, there were six to choose from, but we in order to continue to use the the you know the care that she was already in we had the choice of one
0: imagine you're playing monopoly but every 15 minutes of the game you get handed an entirely new rule book (laughs) yeah like oh you can't have that property we're going to take away this property you're going to get this lesser property we're changing all of your hotels to uh uh, a new token, which is uh strip mall. Uh, and here's a new rule book with that. None. Oh, this you're, you've just, and you, you've lost five turns. And I remember one week when I had to switch over plans, I actually recorded how many hours I spent on the phone that week. It was a particularly bad week getting my insurance straightened out. And it was yeah. over 20.
1: Yeah. I believe it
0: <laughs> because you can end up being on hold for four hours. Yeah. So, I'm just saying, Dan. And so, we also have this week, uh, I was, my uh, English sister-in-law, I posted something and she was like, you can buy guns in a grocery store. I was like, not only can you buy guns in a grocery store like Walmart, they are the number one retailer in America.
1: Yeah. 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 It's a good time. It's a good time. You know what, Maureen? I just have a theory that maybe... We do not value life in this country the way that uh, we pretend to.
0: Hey, Dan. We're coming up on the 50th anniversary of something I know an embarrassing amount about. And that is, (laughs) no, not the moon landing, Dan. The Manson murders. I know a lot about the Manson murders. A lot. A lot. It's a subject of great fascination since I was a kid. The moon landing
1: and the Manson murders were that close together?
0: A couple weeks apart.
1: Oh, my God. I always think of them as more of a early mm-hmm. 70s thing.
0: Nope. They it was uh, August 9th, 1969. Wow. So it was a weird summer.
2: Yeah. And
0: it was a super weird summer. Um, so for those who don't know it, and there is this a new movie, which I will go see because I'm I'm that person where I'm like, I must see everything. um. I've always, I always found it fascinating because when I was a kid, I always wanted to know what made a bunch of seemingly normal people that weren't crazy break into some houses and stab some people to death in like a giant bloodbath. And that is a question I have pondered my entire adult life. I find it fascinating. Yeah. Uh, And in fact, a cult book is one of the things I'm considering doing next because I'm so, I've always been so fascinated. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But the, the short version of this, if you'll hear it, Manson, is that there was a man named Charlie Sment, Charles Manson, and he uh, got a group of people around him, majority women, in from around 1967 to 1969, and they he really kind of controlled the thoughts. It was a cult, you know, classic cult, you know, you do what I say exactly what I say, um, he, and all of these people were under his sway. And they eventually kind of retreated out to this old movie ranch outside of L.A. And they probably committed a whole bunch of murders. In fact, it's known they committed a, a, a number of murders. But the ones they're most famous for are the ones on the 9th, of the 9th and the 10th of August 1969, which were, called, which were often called the Tate-LaBianca murders. First night, five people were killed uh, in like a very fancy area of Los Angeles. It was a movie star and her friends. Um, an innocent bystander and then the next night just an ordinary couple in another area and everybody became fascinated that's why even still 50 years later we're all like manson 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 and it just occurred to me that with trump and our current gun climate we create a manson a week yeah we create a manson a week ultimately the the famous murders of the mansons were seven people, even though it was probably more like eleven or so. We may not know. Right. There's might be more, um, but when when you're like, what could motivate people to become highly radicalized, develop this kind of banana's worldview? I mean, Charles Manson thought the Beatles were talking to him through the White Album and telling right. him that there was a an event starting called Helter Skelter and that he had to help start the revolution and, and the come to him and he you know so he read all these messages into the white album and you know people are reading messages into stuff trump says and qAnon and yeah. there's a uh, there's a a pedophile ring being run out of a pizza restaurant and they're coming for us and they're and they're writing manifestos and then they're going on killing sprees on a weekly basis That are bigger than anything the Mansons ever did. And we have so many Mansons. We have a fucking army of Mansons. Thanks to the NRA. Thanks to racism and white supremacy. And thanks to the Trump rhetoric. So really a lot of it, the Trump enabled stuff creates a Manson a week. Welcome it's to just a, Says
1: Who, it's, it's not a podcast, it's a coping strategy.
0: I was thinking about, because there is a bunch of Manson stuff that's being written, in the, because it's coming up on the anniversary, the 50th anniversary, so there's been a bunch of articles, and I was reading them all this morning, I was like, yeah, we really have a, man. like, we have so many Mansons now. Yeah. And the thing was, they believe they blamed it on being hippies, they bl- they're like, that's what happens if you have hippies, they eventually come down and stab you to death 67 times. No, that's not no, what happened. Yeah. It's no. what happens when these particular cultists take acid several hundred times, isolate themselves with a madman who pretends to be Jesus every night until he eventually tells you to go out and commit helter skelter. So like or you you have a madman who tells you like they're coming for you and I'm laughingly I'm going to nod and laugh when you talk about going out and killing them all cuz yeah. Charlie never quote told anybody to do anything either right. except he did. Right. And I then, mean,
1: we talked about this many times in terms of, you know, Trump's connections and and kind of infatuation with the mob where you don't ever direct anyone to do anything. You know, I mean, fucking right. Michael Cohen talked about this. Right? right. Where it's not that he says, hey, do this. Right. He just says, oh, yeah, wouldn't it be nice if that wasn't a. If that wasn't a thing. Or, hey, wouldn't it be great if these people stopped invading our country? You know, I and mean, that, just...
0: That's yeah. what the whole Manson trial was, like, kind of about. You hear me yeah. getting a, an ice cube for my dog, Dan. Um, Was that he, quote, never told any... I mean, he did, but he didn't. You know, like, he told... He, he kind of said, you just go with 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 Clem here, or you go with uh, Tex, and you do whatever he tells you to do. Yeah. Because he was also a a radical misogynist and racist because women were only good to serve men so like the women went and the men told them what to do and then the women like you know were stabbing everybody and yeah um so so yeah as i was reading this morning i was like oh yeah we really trump you know he doesn't tell anybody what to do but he has said you know wouldn't it be great if you just went and you know and someone's like shoot him, and he's like, only in the panhandle can you get away with saying something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this a good podcast, Dan? is this coping?
1: <sighs>
0: is it? I, don't, I mean, did anyone here want want? Did anyone want that?
1: Sure. I think that the thing is, is that right now, like right now, it is it is good to hear that others are struggling with right now mm. because it is easy when you are sitting on your phone or on your computer or having you know sort of your normal day-to-day interactions with coworkers. It is easy to kind of think like oh wow how come i'm i'm having trouble with this but it seems like no one else is but that's i don't I don't know a single person that right now is feeling good, you know, that right now is feeling like, hey, everything's, everything's fine. You know, oh, it's a little hiccup, but, uh, you know, whatever, everything's fine. Like, it's, it's, right now is real hard. And I think it's okay for us to say, this shit is fucking hard, you know? Like, I think it, I think it is okay to acknowledge the fact that the chickens have come home to roost, you know, that we have, we have been witness to unspeakable horrors for the last three years. And they are only getting more horrible, right? Like there is not the horror of children in cages and the horror of people being killed at a grocery store. And, you know, all of these things take a toll on us and, saying, hey, you know what, this is this is real hard right now, that's an okay thing to say. Like saying to other people, hey, you know what, I'm I'm struggling right now. That's good. Say that.
0: Yeah. Because we've become the country where when you go into a public place, you look for the exits. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean literally it was like it was one of those things where in in a Walmart a few days before the horror of being like Oh shit! Uh, okay, where? What do we do here? Like, should we turn around? Should we put our back to this person? Like, should we push forward? Like, should we just leave our cart and go? Like, what do we do here? You know, and you know, this was just someone just sh- doing his normal shopping, but it's a, it is a, it is a moment where you, where you have to do the calculus. Fun.
2: It's is this fun. helping? Is this helping, Dan?
1: Sure. Why not?
0: <laughs> I, I think there are, but I feel like there is a tide turning with this one is that you're starting to hear more of people calling it what it is there are white. there's a white supremacy problem. yeah, there there are people like I feel I felt something shift truly, this time. that maybe- I mean
1: I I agree with the large caveat that I worry about how ill equipped the institutions that we have are for dealing with this you know if as as we saw Trump stammer through a poorly read teleprompter scripted speech yesterday monday uh about the about the shootings and then you saw you know media reactions like cbs saying he really did set a different tone and and the hill saying that you know this was a sober serious trump and the New York Times floating a headline, which ultimately they changed. But, you know, the headline was Trump urges unity versus racism. And you just realize that, like, there are no lessons being learned. And that's the part that worries me. Like, I do feel like, yes, we had. We had a moment where. People were calling white supremacy what it is, and th- and you still have people doing that, you know, even today, even a few days later, but. I don't know that we have, I don't know that the institutions exist with which to sustain that critique, with which to actually delve into that critique, with that, with which to actually stare in the face of what that critique actually is, which is not that we have, you know, these kind of radicalized white supremacists, but that we live in a society that is built around white supremacy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's That's the harder truth of it you know, and I don't, I don't know that we're prepared for that. I think we are, we are prepared to start to, to say, you know, to ask some questions, you know, and we are at a point now where there, there are some cracks happening, even in, you know, even in, uh, even in the Republicans, that was just a Nebraskan state Senator. So not not at the federal level but who went on a long Twitter uh you know Twitter explanation on why he was you know so ashamed of that the Republicans are running cover for white supremacists and things like that
0: and and, and maybe he we was, and then he was thrown out of the party yeah yeah you know um I don't mean to laugh I'm not laughing I'm just making noises no, but
1: that's yeah but
0: that's I mean that's
1: That's where we are. We are at a moment in time where perhaps the ball will start rolling down the hill. But as a society, I don't know that we are.
0: The moment is us, Dan. The moment is us. And I think the hopeful thing is we are now down to real base principles where everything is, is, you know, things that a lot of people have known for a long time and have been trying to tell us are now, you know, it's all being exposed. And we have, we, it, we're really at the point where it's time to stop dicking around and make choices. And yeah. I, I do feel optimistic in a lot of ways in that people are, I have to feel optimistic about people just getting to the point where when you just are so, people are going to realize that you have to, um, you have to give a fuck. And you do get to the point where I think action becomes a little bit more possible because people are like, Oh, okay. Is this how it is? Then fine. Fuck it. I'm going to go tell, you know, go tell you to fuck yourself. I'm going to go tell, you know, well, fuck Walmart in general, but that, you know, talk about what am I saying, Dan? I'm saying that we're reaching some critical mass. That's the way I'm looking for. Yeah
1: i mean i do think you know for for all of the isolating feelings that happen in these times of trauma um more and more people are speaking out more and more people are 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 finding their voice or having or have said this for years and are actually being listened to right um that's good i think that's good
0: yeah Dan, there's a lot to be hopeful about, even in these times. There is. I believe that. Am I convincing you? Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think I. Good.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) How does that sound? Not, I mean, you're, you're not completely selling it, Dan, but, you know. It's been a rough run.
1: I don't think, you know, like, is, is there hope? Sure. There, there. I would hope that there is always hope. It's just sometimes hard to see.
0: Dan, I got faith in Cesuvia.
1: I do have faith in Cesuvia.
0: And um, I got faith in you?
1: Aww, I got faith in you, Maureen. Mm-hmm.
2: I've got faith in you.
1: No, no. I don't, I don't have faith in Amy Carter's shoe.
2: What? I
0: Nothing. What are you talking about?
1: Uh, nothing, nothing. You're a wonderful shoe.
2: Yay.
0: It, it's, it's tough times right now. And, um, but remember you've got, you got this town. We're all you here do. together in the town. It's not just we you. Are. Come on up. Come on out to the green. Hang out with everybody. We only get through this by linking arms, really. That's true. It sounds like a platitude, but it's actually true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like ev- everything kind of sounds like bullshit, but it turns out even the bullshitty sounding stuff has is true. Like we are the tr- the answer is each other. Yeah. Um. Am I selling you, Dan? Am I doing? it? I mean the
1: the the answer has always been each other, right? The the answer in, in, in the short term of the last few years of Trump has always been the only people saving us are us, right? Yeah. And that has always been the long-term answer as well, you know? At any moment of crisis, at any moment of, of real despondency, like, the thing that saves us is each other.
0: That's true. Do you feel uplifted?
1: Me? Sure. I feel better than when we started. Okay, well there you go. I was I I felt real low today. I was like, I don't know how I'm recording this episode. I'm feeling I'm feeling low. Um but yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better. We're gonna we we do.
0: I mean fuck Trump. Fuck the guns. Yep. Let's break it down, you guys. Everybody grab something. Let's go. Let's go.
1: Here we go.
2: Is this a good podcast, Dan?
1: Yeah, it's a great podcast. That's why, Maureen,
0: we have done 99
1: episodes of it.
0: Oh, puppies come over to say, yes, good job. She's saying good job. I got quite quite a reception when I got back, Dan.
1: From the dog, I bet. There was
0: so much kissing. I bet. Oh. I bet. You have never seen such kissing. She's a professional, Dan. <laughs> and if when she sees you guys and sit on the green and says, kas, she will kiss you all a thousand times. She no. is a kisser. And yesterday, last night, I saw her chase a butterfly for like five minutes.
1: Oh, my goodness gracious.
0: i telling you, it's not all terrible.
1: It is not. Part of why it's not all terrible is because says who is made possible by you through your support of our patron at patreon.com slash says who you're wonderful you are wonderful we love you A- also wonderful ted leo who provided our theme music and darth who designed our logo Ah,
0: oh, darth we- is so great we love you darth we love you darth
1: you can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y, at hey! dot. Oh, 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 boy. Hello. Oh, boy. Hello.
0: Oh, um, oh, I'm getting a hug. Oh, I'm just getting a hug. Oh, from the shoe? From the puppy. Oh. Oh, she's wrapped her arms around. Oh, Dan, you can't hear me because I was a puppy. Oh, you we are all, we're all getting a hug.
1: Join the discussion on Facebook at oh, so groups Slash Groups Slash Says Whovians. Our so Facebook so cool. group is moderated by Janice oh, Dillard. Oh,
2: he's the cutest puppy. Oh, he's a kissy kissy. Hey, Maureen, uh, I
1: believe you have an upcoming appearance.
2: Kiss, kiss. Kiss, kiss.
0: I'm kissing, Dan. No, I can't. Whoa. Come on. I'm not kissing, Dan. I'm kissing. Oh, That's hold a, on. Uh-oh. That was,
1: that was more of an appearance than I was expecting. Well, I'm just saying. Kiss,
0: kiss um this weekend i'm surprised going to be at LeakyCon in dallas texas i they extended the invitation and because i am connected to them i could agree at the last minute and say yeah i'll come so i will be doing events for three days in dallas coming out to LeakyCon or of leaky dot i guess it's calm it might be orc but it's probably calm and i've put out all my Appearance details on my website, com. Under appearances, you'll see all the panels and stuff I'll be on. Come out, come out and see us. It's a super fun event. It's really fun. You have no idea. It's so fucking fun.
1: Dallas this
0: weekend. And then I'll be back in Texas uh, for the Texas Book Festival in October. So I'm doing a lot of
1: Texas. Yeah. Speaking of October, Maureen, I have a date in October. Save the date, folks. On Tuesday... October 8th, I will be in conversation with the author Annalee Newitz, Ooh. who is uh, going to be touring on a fantastic book that I have already read um, in Chicago at the American Writers Museum. Turn out, it's going to be fun.
2: Ooh, fancy. You're a fancy mm-hmm. man, aren't you? No, Sinker, I'm a fancy man.
1: I'm very fancy. I'm very fancy. I put on clean clothes today just to record Maureen.
0: Sometimes, Dan, if you have a puppy, you just have to let the puppy steal your underwear to keep her busy. You know what I'm saying, Dan? No. Sometimes she steals my underwear. Okay. I Thanks. tell that... things I tell says who via things that, that not everyone knows. This is the this yeah. is the you know, that we're close. Seems,
1: seems like you could have kept that one secret.
0: She's decided she wants out of the kitchen, Dan. I don't know if you can hear her in the background.
1: Yeah, I can.
0: She let me out of the kitchen.
1: Spread the word, subscribe, and please leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Spread it. Whoa. Sorry. And next week, Maureen Johnson. Yes. Believe it or not. Yes. Next week is going to be our hundredth episode. No. Triple digits. And that episode is actually going to come out a little bit a day and a half or so late uh, because I will actually be traveling at the beginning of the week. Uh, So join us August 15th, probably in the afternoon for the release of Says Who episode 100.
0: The puppy just got out. She just broke out of the kitchen, Dan
1: uh-oh well then we better sign out for my trailer in Lyons, colorado i'm dan sinker
0: from the kitchen where the puppy just broke out of i'm maureen johnson and
1: this has been says who
0: Ta-da! all right she ah. really she did just break out i bet i have to go get her <laughs> <laughs> go go